Hello everyone, my name is Mary Smith. I am your host for An Educator's Legacy and the owner of Educational Leadership Consultants. Y'all today, because you know, 2020 has just been 2020. So I've got my friend Angie No, And I've known Angie since 2003 or so, somewhere around in there. She was teaching at the same school I was teaching at. But Angie is now a homeschool teacher. And there's still so many people who are struggling with the online virtual learning platform that I thought it might be nice to get her take on what she does to be successful because she's really successful in the homeschool platform. Now, her kids are in kindergarten, second grade, and third grade. And so she's homeschooling three kids, three different grade levels every day. So just think about that. Keep that in mind, right? But she's also got a background as a teacher. So she's going to talk about that too because there's a couple of caveats in that. She said there's good points and there's bad points to that. So we're going to talk about that a little bit here as well. So Angie, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me, Mary. You're welcome. Okay, so folks, one disclaimer here. We're sitting in a Starbucks out on the middle of Barker Cypress and it is loud. So I'm just giving you a fair warning that you may hear some background noise, but Angie has some great things to say, so I'm sure it's not going to make a difference in your experience. So Angie, tell me, why did you choose to become a teacher in the first place? Um, well, it's kind of started when I was in school. I just kind of fell in love with writing on the chalkboard. Really? <laughs> it did. <laughs> Our, I'll never forget my first grade teacher. She would go use the restroom, and of course, in the school I was in, there was the classrooms kind of connected with the hallway so she would ask the neighbor teacher hey can you keep an eye on my kids while I run to the restroom real quick All the right. restrooms connected us and but she would always say hey I need a kid to go to the board and keep track of names of kids that are talking so of course half of us you no half of us run up to the board and write our names but I, that's kind of where it started I would just love looking around and writing names on the board of kids <laughs> that were talking <laughs> that's so funny I would have been one of the kids who were talking and shooting her bad looks because for writing my name on the board. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then as I got old, older, I would play, or, you know, I remember playing with my dolls at home and, you know, they would be, you know, getting grades and doing assignments. And if they were good, I gave them an A. If they were bad, I would give them an F. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So it was an A or F. No in between. A, no in between. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness life is not like that. No, yes. <laughs> Okay, so Angie, tell us what took you from <clears throat> being a classroom teacher full-time mm -hmm. to being a full-time homeschooler. To be a full-time homeschooler, well, it was it's interesting because as I was a classroom teacher, I loved working in Cypher ISD. It was amazing. I learned so much more about becoming a better educator. I started yeah, Cypher is really good at that. I started my, uh, my career in Florida. And I remember in Florida, the classrooms were all enclosed mm -hmm. and I was basically like, okay, throw, you know, just throw me in the pond and expect me to swim. And you never right. taught me how to swim. I mean, yes, I had my degree, but it's different when you're actually in the classroom. And right. so when I came and I felt like I really struggled that year. And then when I came to Texas and I got hired in site fair, I'll never forget that first interview. Um, with Susan Brenz oh, at Joel Elementary, amazing. and then I she took me on a tour of the school, and I first person I met was Carly Villiard. Oh, she's amazing and too. And she, when Susan introduced me to her, she said, you know, she's interviewing for the fifth grade position, and Carla's like, you're gonna love fifth grade. It's amazing, mm -hmm. and she was absolutely right. I loved doing what I was doing, and I loved when I got hooked up with uh, Lisa Mooney. She was oh, yeah. my. Um, 
mentor and she was also right across the aisle for me because in Sci-Fair it's an open concept classroom. So I was able to learn by watching. Yeah. I was able to learn from other amazing professionals around me and watch to become a better teacher. And then of course Sci-Fair just had, you know, the social skills to teach right. the kids and that was that was something that I needed, like to help me to become stronger. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, moving forward, just as I went through teaching the kids, I was like, man, I was like, you know, I'd be in the in the lunchroom, you know, monitoring the kids for lunch, and you overhear students talking about going to see rated R movies. Oh, yeah. And, and I, they're really elementary folks, so it's not like we're talking about high schoolers. No, these are 9 and 10-year-olds. Yes. And, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, you went to see a rated R movie? Like, yeah, we went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, oh, like, did your parents know that you went to see this movie? Oh, yeah, they took us. Yeah. And they're just having these conversations. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, and when I had my own children, I was like, you know, I want to be able to raise my kids and uh, expose them to things at an appropriate time. Like, right. I, I don't feel like they need to hear about rated R movies at nine years old and 10 years old or, you know, or what's in those movies or what kind of language or what scenes were happening in those movies. And I'm not just talking about violence. I'm talking about other things. And so even though I loved the system, I loved the staff because the teachers, you could tell they all had a heart for the kids. And in Texas, we have a very conservative curriculum. You don't really have anything crazy out there. So it wasn't those things. It was it was that like I want to be able to teach my kids and raise them in the way of the knowledge of the Lord and I want to be able to expose them to things when I feel as their mother is the appropriate time I don't want them to find out from a friend I want them to find out about it from me so many crazy things those kids talk about at school yes you know I mean people would be stunned if they knew what came out of their children's mouths at school yep you know I mean it's totally inappropriate <clears throat> some of it Yes. It is crazy. And it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking because you know that these little ones are going back to that environment right. once they leave school. Yeah, you're right. So then while we were at Joel, you got married. Mm-hmm. And yes. started having your own babies. Yes. Yes, I did. I had my son Caleb um, in 2011, and I had him in October. So I left work you know, to go on maternity leave, and I really did not want to go back. I wanted to be able to stay home with him. And when we looked at it from a financial perspective, we're like, we can't, like, this, we can't do it. So I was blessed to have someone in my neighborhood take over his home care so I could drop her, drop him off at her house every morning. And I worked in the neighborhood at that time. And so it was easy just to pick him up right after school. But it was such a struggle for me because even like I I had to learn to balance. Like I would want to leave work right away just so I could get home and be with him. And it's like, wait, you've got papers to grade. You've got lessons to Mm -hmm. plan and, you know, to prepare. And so I had to, you know, kind of always balance that. And I loved it when summer came and I had all summer with him. Uh That was one thing that I loved as a teacher. Being a teacher is that I had that time off. I knew I had that time off with my kids. Theoretically. Theoretically, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> we both know what happens in the summers. Yes. And um, and so, you know, we decided, my husband and I, after we talked about it, we said, okay, you know, I'm going to go back to work next year. So I went back to work the following year, and then I got pregnant with my daughter. And I was like, okay, looking at how much I'm paying for daycare. And it wasn't an expensive daycare. It's no, like it I was, was a lady in the neighborhood. It was a lady in the neighborhood. So I'm not paying, like, top dollar. I'm paying, you know, the budget. And when I looked at it, I was like, you know, I'm going to pay half of what I make. Yeah. Because teachers, you know. They don't make that much. We don't make that much. Um, 
to do, pay someone, I'm going to pay half what I make every month to pay someone to do what I want to do. And my husband was like, you know, we're just going to trust God. Yeah. So <clears throat> I finished out that year. And then uh, that, and then I, I, you know, I, I resigned. I stepped away from teaching. And then, so I had my littles and I loved being home with them. And then when my oldest started turning four, I was like, okay, I need to start thinking about school, school, you know, preschool and all that. And then again, well, now we're single income family. Yeah. I always thought I would want to put my kids like in a private Christian school. And I'm like, we can't afford that. Yeah. And I, I don't want to go back to work because my kids are still little. They still need me. Even preschool is only half day. Right. Where can you work to juggle that schedule? And then, of course, my kids were two years apart. So even though Caleb was four, Kenzie was still two. What would I do with her Yeah. while I'm at work? She can't go to preschool. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to teach them at home. I'm going to do preschool at home. I'm going to do homeschooling with my kids. I'm going to homeschool them. And that kind of stemmed from my mom. And uh, she actually homeschooled my do- my sister from second grade through eighth grade. And I was living at home at the time. And I was able but to... But you're older than your that. sister. Yes. I'm okay. I'm nine years older. Okay. So at the time, I was still living at home, even though I had... Um, I was in high school when she started. It was my senior year. And... Um, you know, I had the option, like, hey, do you want to homeschool? Like, well, it's my senior year. Like, and I love the school I'm in. Right. I love my friends. You know, why would I stop that? It's like, okay. You know, so I just finished out my senior year. Um, and my mom took my sister out and she started homeschooling her because she was falling behind in math. And my mom really felt like if she could slow the curriculum down, she could really work with her and do that. And my mom, she graduated high school, but she never went to college. But I always knew that she would make an amazing teacher because yeah. she always had a heart for kids. That was just something I loved about her. And um, so I got to watch that. I got to watch them join a homeschool co-op. I got to watch them do classes and field trips and events. And I was like, oh my gosh, in those six years of my sister doing homeschool, she had more experiences and learned more things than I ever did in my entire public private career and I was like man I'm like this is really amazing and then of course I you know they became they had made friends and you know met families and did things with others and I got to because I was still living at home at the time I got to meet those families and become friends with those families and watch those kids and so I was just surrounded by homeschoolers right it was it was just amazing how well these kids could speak how well they behaved I mean their values as families they're um, they were all Christian so you know following the Lord and raising their kids in knowledge of God I mean that was just awesome and so when when it came time to uh, become a homeschooling mom myself and I made that decision my, I talked to my husband about it and he supported me mm-hmm. which was is really important you want yeah, don't just want to just you know a little tip for parents out there moms if you decide you want homeschool don't just you know, say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Like, talk to your husband about it. Make sure that... Uh, they're on board. That they're on board because mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Um, and uh, I'll never forget, you think I had a degree, right? I would know what to do. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I was... Because, number one, I'd always taught the older kids. I'd always taught oh, the yeah. fourth graders and the fifth graders. And by that point, they're already reading. They're already writing. Right. They already know the basics. You know, they know how to communicate well. I'm starting from scratch. And so I was, you know, like with a four-year-old, you know, right. so I was like, okay, well, you know what? I love, I need a plan. So let's look at curriculum. 
I was so overwhelmed oh, yeah. with curriculum. There is so much out there for homeschoolers. It's amazing. No one can ever say that there's nothing out there to teach your kids. I mean, and there's some, there's even within the homeschooling world, there's different views of how to teach your kids. There's mm-hmm. the traditional view, which is more along the public school, private school lines, which is where I feel comfortable because that's... That's what you know. That's what I knew for almost 11 years. So I was like, okay, I think this is where I'm going to go. But as I did this research, there's Charlotte Mason, there's unschooling, there's like a hybrid where people kind of mix and match a little bit of everything. And it's, it's crazy. And so I remember I had been doing all this research for weeks and I was at the point of crying because I was like, should I even be doing this? Like, yeah. I don't even know if I should be doing this. This is just, this is, I don't even know what I, you know, which curriculum is the right curriculum. Right. Does it cover everything that needs to be covered? And I'll never forget, my cousin from Puerto Rico sends me a message on Facebook out of the blue. She has a little girl who's a year older than my son. And she said, Angie, God put you on my heart. And I just wanted to reach out to you. Have you ever considered homeschooling? (laughs) Have you ever considered homeschooling? And the fact that she just out of the blue, when I was in the middle of a, you know, crying breakdown she would reach out to me and then she shared with me a curriculum a curriculum that she was using that she loved and I was I had kind of looked at it but I kind of passed over it at the same time yeah so because she brought it to remembrance I went back it was curriculum called my father's world and I when I looked at it again I was like this is it this is it it's a very simple plan exactly what I'm familiar with what I'm used to when I would write my lesson plans in the classroom, I could follow it as a guide, and this yeah. would be great. And that was a great way to ease me into the world of, of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. Because in the public school, in the, in, the, in the traditional school system, we divide everyone in up by grades. So yeah. everybody's pretty much the same age. You, know, you have first graders, you have like six and seven-year-olds, second graders, right. you know, so on. So when you homeschool, the entire family gets involved pretty much we like it or not your the world and your family life becomes your classroom right and it's awesome so like I had my four-year-old son and my two-year-old daughter and I would include her in what we did now could she do everything that he did no but in the things that she could she would participate so we had little memory verse songs that we do and she would dance along with them and sing along with them and learn the hand motions with them you know, when we talked about colors or numbers or letters, like I would pull her in. And if if she remembered, great. But if she didn't, that's okay too. But what I was amazed is, is how much she picked up. Oh, yeah. Because she was just watching her brother and learning from her big brother. And now I have three kids. And my youngest one, Joshua, same thing. He's, you know, once he was old enough, you know, we pulled, you know, actually just not even old enough, just from the get-go, he was always there. Cause, yeah. You know, because he's there. Because he's there, and right. <laughs> and he was picking up on stuff. And I would, he would say something or do something, and point to something, and I go, "Where'd you learn that?" Like I didn't teach you that. I taught your brother that. I t- I taught your sister that the other day, but I didn't teach you that. He just picked it up from observing and learning. So like it, it just it blows me away to see that you know how much. That's awesome. How much they you can know, all just learn from each other because it's basically like a one-room schoolhouse. Yeah, but it's in your home. Mm-hmm. It's in your home. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, so when you're thinking about those homeschooling, because I know there's a lot of parents that are struggling right now, and they can get a free curriculum because these curriculums cost money, right? Yes, there okay. are curriculums that cost money, and there are those that are free. So everyone can kind of look at you know what their budget is. Right. 
and what they're what they feel more comfortable using as well and you don't have to follow the teaks in texas no we don't texas is one of the most amazing states um when it comes to homeschooling because it's so free the only thing you would literally have to do like from a legal standpoint would be if your kids were already enrolled in a public or a private school you would have to formally withdraw them from okay. the school you can't just make them quit going exactly yeah because yeah. you'll get a truancy letter it says where have you been for the past two weeks mm -hmm. so no you have to formally withdraw them and um let them know hey you know i'm withdrawing them from the school we're going to homeschool and once you've done that you're good everything else is up it's just up to you you don't have to you don't make sure you don't have to make sure that you know you you know that you turn in certain paperwork or whatever right. every year um my sister when she homeschooled in florida florida was different florida you had to be evaluated by a certified state teacher every year to prove that you were making progress oh so here in texas you don't have to do that now on there is um a website that you can go to actually every state should have um a, a sort of homeschooling website here in texas it's called the texas homeschool coalition thsc.org and you thsc.org yes and you can go there and they can tell you exactly how to get started on homeschooling they talk about well if your kids are in school withdraw them and then there is some basic requirements like they tell you make sure you're teaching reading make yeah. sure you're teaching writing but there's no oversight which is really nice so it's up to you to choose how you're going to do that right and then to follow through and have the integrity to actually do it yes homeschooling is not oh i'm going to homeschool my kids and then you throw them in front of a tv all day right and put on educational videos that right. is not homeschooling right Right, and that because that's not teaching. No, it's not. And then, like at the same time, there's a lot of um, just like the public schools right now, due to COVID, are doing a lot of online virtual school. There is a whole world of online homeschool schools. Like they were developed; these oh, programs yes. were developed for homeschoolers, geared towards homeschoolers and homeschooling families. That's another thing. That's an option for families, but at the same time, you can't throw your child in front of that and not follow up yourself. You right. have to make sure that they are getting the work done, that if there are any questions that yeah, they're having or struggling, you can answer or that you are available to reach out to their teacher, the online teacher, and you know ask those questions. Yeah, find the answers. Yes, to find the answers mm -hmm. with them because they're still kids. That's exactly kids right. They still need parents. They need their parents. And they need guidance. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that one. Okay, so if someone decides that they want to homeschool and they don't want to do it through the educational systems, they can go through, they withdraw the student from school first, and then they go to that website, the Texas Homeschool Coalition. Yes. Dot org. Yes. And they will, that's, they can get started there. They can get started there. And the, this website is amazing because it gives you, you know, again, the steps to kind of get started. There's a bunch of resources. There's even a page that links you to homeschool co-ops oh nice and classes in your general area you can do a search based on where you live because it covers the entire state of texas if, if you live in texas yeah yeah that's awesome okay so all right angie let's kind of switch gears here because i want you to give like a nugget a piece of advice a tip something that you can tell those first year homeschoolers who are struggling right now mm -hmm. because a lot of people have chosen homeschool this year yes what can you tell them to either give them confidence or to reassure them or whatever 
that they're not crazy <laughs> for making this choice in the first place. Yes. And that it does have value. Yes. Okay, so what can you help? Is it, you got anything for them? Yes, um, but if I may back up just a little bit, okay. I just want to clarify something real quick. Okay. Virtual schooling through the public school system is not the same as, as, tr- as traditional homeschooling. A lot right. of parents say, oh, I'm homeschooling this year, but the kids are using the virtual public school curriculum. It's right. not the same thing. Traditional homeschooling, you would not be on a device if you chose that route. You would not be on a device from a certain time to a certain time having to check in or do Zoom right. meetings and things like that. It's it's not quite the same. It's not it's, the same. Well, it's not anywhere near the same, actually. Yes. No, it's not. Um, I haven't. I I have not used an online homeschool program for my kids yet. I like I like the traditional. Yeah, Books, in your face. In your face, you know, tactile. Yeah. You know, we got to touch it. We got to be able to cut it, paste it, whatever. Um, so, but and then, so like, just moving from that. Sorry, <laughs> I wanted yep. to just clarify that. That's um, good though. That's a good clarification. Because um, I have, I hear so many parents are so, you know, just like the teachers are struggling, the parents are struggling, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, guys, it's it, you know, and I understand it's a struggle, but it's not the same. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, homeschooling, You're true right. homeschooling, is not easy. It's a whole different world. Like right now, we have a new puppy in our house. Mm. <laughs> and that adds a whole nother dimension to <laughs> teaching. Because while we're trying to teach, that puppy is getting into stuff. Trying to eat the glue sticks. Trying to eat right. the pencils. You know, and the kids are like, ooh, puppy, and distracted. You yeah. know, so um, so it's, and, and it's different because it's your home. Right. Like that's something, like as a school teacher, it was so interesting. I would, you know, you go to school. You, you have your blocks to teach the lesson. Take You stop. Oh, the kids go on break. They go to PE, art, and music. Oh, the kids go on break. They go to lunch. Yeah. And you get a break. When you're a homeschool mom, you don't get a break. Yeah, there's no break. There's no break. You yeah. are 24-7 with the kids. Right. But we do it because we love it. We do it because we want to be with the kids. So for a little advice on that end or a little tip, it's okay if you feel overwhelmed. Like, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to cook and clean and teach all at the same time and keep my sanity and keep my sanity <laughs> <laughs> and, you know it, it, it's okay if you feel overwhelmed it's okay if something slips you know just give yourself grace yeah give yourself grace and and it's funny I've been doing this now let's see I started in pre-k kinder first second third I've been doing it now five years and I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out how to balance yeah. everything. And there's days where it goes really, really great. And I'm like, yes, I'm rocking it. And then there's days where the kids are having meltdowns. Oh, yeah. I'm having meltdowns. Like, not in front of them, but, you know, like, like oh, my gosh. Like, this day. What was I thinking? You're like, how did this happen? You know, you know, what happened today? You know, this was terrible. Um, so. So what do you do when you have those days where you, like, really wanted to speak to an adult you know when you just get tired of talking to children Mm -hmm. because as teachers we get tired of talking to children every now and then yes I mean it's not an everyday thing but every once in a while you just need a break from kids that's why you have summer theoretically right okay so what do you do since you can't ever you can't escape your little people ever I think the biggest and most important thing is if you choose to homeschool, you need to find families that are like yours. So that's why I would highly encourage any homeschool family, first year, get plugged in somewhere. Get plugged into. Is that where your kids are today? 
They are, actually, my kids are kind of in a couple of things. Um, okay. Right now, there's a church, Offspring Cypress in 249, called Winwood Presbyterian, excuse me, and they started something called Homeschool Adventure, where it's this uh, two, twice a week, they go from 1230, no, sorry, 1 o'clock to 330, and they offer PE, recess, nice. and, and a fun science class, and it's to homeschoolers. Yeah. So we had just had to register, we paid a small fee, which was really inexpensive for, for what they're doing for what they're doing yeah. and considering that all my three kids were able to go because it was from kindergarten through fifth yeah and so and this is new for me because we were in a co-op for several years that it was a mom-led co-op oh. so moms taught the classes so we were always involved with the kids doing everything so, which yeah. was a lot of fun I got to teach Texas history so that was really nice for me kind of bringing back my teacher days you yeah know? so that was a lot of fun and getting plugged in there I met so many moms and we were able to talk and chat, exchange phone numbers, our kids, we have play dates together. And so when I need that adult conversation, I call my friends. I call my other homeschooling mom friends and we'll talk. And you know, that's John Hattie does all that research on visible learning for teachers where he's talking about the most effective strategies for instruction for student achievement, right? And collective teacher efficacy is like one of the top 12 strategies that there is. I can't remember where it falls, but it's in the top 12. So you having those other moms that are doing the same thing that you're doing, that you can bounce ideas off of and you can say, hey, I did a good lesson this week on blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, states of matter or whatever. And she said, oh, I need that. And, or being able to discuss, I'm teaching states of matter. Can you give me, I mean, what are you doing? You know, just putting that together is huge. And it's a really good instructional strategy that it increases student achievement like a lot. It does. Yeah. It really does. And not just in the academic sense, but also from a parenting sense, because we're able to bounce off ideas like, hey, like I'm struggling to keep, you know, my son focused oh, yeah. on learning his multiplication facts. Like you you have a daughter who's in high school now. Right. How did you do it for her? Right. You know, because you homeschooled her like through that, you know, through that time period in her math, you know, learning. Like, how did you do that? Give me some tips, you know? Yeah. Like I had a homeschool mom. She's a family friend. Her kids are all grown now. She told me that her young, her, her youngest daughter was a very um, physical person. So when she had to learn her letters and their sounds, she, you couldn't just show her a flashcard right. to teach her her letters and sounds. So what she would do is she would put the flashcards on the floor and she would say, okay, sweetie, you know, which letter says, ah, and she would make her jump uh, on it. So yeah. it's just, you know, just ideas like that, you know, can really, you know, like, oh, wow, like I should try that with my mm -hmm. little one. Um, and another fun thing is because we have that freedom as homeschoolers, we can homeschool anywhere. You don't have to homeschool. It's not like school. You have a desk or a table right. or a chair and that's where you do school. You can homeschool anywhere. We've homeschooled in our kitchen. We've homeschooled in our living room. We've homeschooled at a park. Yeah. We've gone to, uh, before COVID, when everything was open again, we would go to church playgrounds that were open to the community and they would have like tables and then they would have playgrounds indoors and we would do that. I would take the kids, bring our school books. So, okay guys, we're, you know, Caleb, you're going to work on math first. Kenzie, you're going to work on handwriting first. Joshua, you're going to do this little worksheet here. And I would sit them at a table and I'd work with them one-on-one -on -one and they'd work independently on the parts that were independent. And I'd say, okay, once you finish that assignment, you can go play for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then, and of course I can see where they are. So when it was time for them to come back, all right. 
everybody come back or I would do one at a time. Okay, Caleb, I'm going to, because I knew I needed to teach him one-on-one. I'd say, Kenzie, Joshua, you go work yeah. for 10 minutes. And, and it's, it's different when you homeschool because in the classroom, like, oh, yes, we need an hour for a reading lesson. But when you're doing one-on-one, yeah, you don't, you need, don't an hour. need an hour. Mm-mm. You really don't. So, like, yes, like, with for reading, they need to go read independently for 20 minutes. Yes, that's different. But they can do that on their own. Right. And while they're doing that, you're working with another child on something else. Yeah. So, you know, it would just, you know, that that's kind of how we would flow. And they loved it because they're able to get out of their chair, able to go and run some energy off, right. get some exercise. And, um, and it's, it was just, it was fantastic. And we would invite friends over say, Hey, we're going to go to the Woodlands church playground and we're going to do homeschool there. You guys want to join us? And our friends would come and they would bring their school books and they would do the same thing. And then when the kids are off playing, everybody's done us moms, we could talk and we could share, you know, it it was great. So that's a huge tip is to plug in, Mm -hmm. just plug in with other people who are doing the same thing you are. Yes. Yeah. It is so important. Oh, I imagine. I mean, just like any profession, if you think about it. Right. You know, no matter what profession you are, you find others in your profession to learn from, to mentor. It's the same thing in, as homeschoolers. Find homeschooling families that have kids that are older than yours. Yeah. So that you can, and that are successful, obviously. As, our, as my pastor, Pastor Jennings from River of Praise Church, he says, success leaves clues. Oh, yeah. You know, you follow, you find those people and, you know, you know, get information from them. And then, of course, find parents that are in the same boat as you with the kids around the same age. So whatever struggles you have, you can share them together and you yeah. can learn from each other and encourage each other. Right? It makes a huge difference. Okay. So what's had the biggest impact on your decision to homeschool? I think just, just you know, the way the world is going. I mean, so much, it's, it's so sad that kids are coming out of school and they, they've lost their innocence. Oh, yeah. They've lost their innocence. They're, they're exposed to so many things. And it's not necessarily in the school, at least I can say in the state of Texas. Like, we're a very conservative state, and I'm so blessed to be here, you know, for that. But I know there's other states where the curriculum, especially, for example, the sex education curriculum in kindergarten, that age is so... They're, they're bringing up things to them they, they shouldn't even be thinking about at that age. That age, they're supposed to be learning, you know, how to use their imagination and play with dolls and Barbies and trucks and cars and how to color and enjoy, you know, God's beautiful creation, not learning about sex. And, yeah. you know, or, you know, gender fluidity and things like that. I mean, what, what, what is going on? Like, what are they trying to do? You know, they're trying to reprogram a whole generation of children. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll never forget in my college career, that was something that actually, I, I was reading my college education textbook and I, I'll never, I don't remember who said it or what, but when I read it, I'll never forget how overwhelmed I was. I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I remember dropping the book and I was like, they want to, they want to change an entire generation of children, the way they think, the way that they look at the world. And if you can change an entire generation in one generation, when that group grows up yeah. and they are now in the workforce and in the government, making the laws, they're making the laws. They're going to do it based on what they learned in school. And honestly, that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening right now. All, everything that's going on, this 
heavy-handed government control and mandates taking away our freedoms, riots happening where they're tearing down statues of our founding fathers. If they truly knew their history, if they truly knew what a great nation this was, they wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, they I agree with you. They wouldn't be doing that. And you really can't change history, though. I mean, you can change. You can't change the facts. You know, Correct. you no, can't change the facts. Now, might it be offensive to some? It might, but it's you can't. That doesn't change what happened. Right. You know, and that's where I think that's where I get the confusion and the. I guess I just don't understand what the point is of tearing down statues or um, taking things away that, that, I mean, they just are, it's just part of history. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the culture at the time. It was perfectly accepted. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be accepted now, but it was accepted then. And, and I'm not saying that, that, that what happened was good. Slavery yeah, was right. not good. Right. Slavery was wrong. But if, if we don't learn from history... Then we repeat it. We're, gonna, we're bound to repeat it. And by erasing it, we're going to deny a whole generation of people that knowledge of, of that mistake. And then how are, you know, it's going to happen again. In some other way, shape, or form, it's going to happen again. Plus, we're taken away from the truth. Yes. I mean, just the truth. Yep. I mean, I'm sorry the truth is offensive. And it shouldn't be really offensive. It should be a point where you look at it and you go, you know what? That's really sad. I hope it never happens again. And we need, in order to make it never happen again, we need to make sure that people always remember it. Yes. Not take it away and act like it never happened because then it is bound to be repeated again. That's sad. All right. So last question. How has being a homeschooler affected your life personally? Personally? I know, like, when I was a teacher, you know, I was surrounded by adults all day. So I was able to have that adult conversation more often than not. Um, I am blessed that my husband's at home. So I'm able, he works from home. So I'm able to, um, you know, communicate with him during the day. So that's nice to have that That other adult to be able to talk to. Is that a result of COVID or does he always work at home? He's always worked at home. Well, not always, always, but he kind of had a job change uh, last year. And that... Um, the new company that hired him, they don't have an office in Houston, so his entire entire team was like, hey, we hired your whole team, but y'all gonna work remote, because, you know, there's nowhere to go, so, but it's been nice having him home. Good. He's the principal of our homeschool. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) He's our principal. So, um, but yeah, like, how's it affect me personally? I, I, I can honestly tell you, just personally, personally, I am learning what kind of a mom I really am. Because, and I see where I am so flawed, and I have so much I need to work on as being a mom. Don't be too hard on yourself. (laughs) Give yourself grace. (laughs) Remember. Because one thing is, okay, you know, you have your kids, you get them ready for school, and you take them to school, then they're gone all day. Right. And then you come home, and then, you know, and this is what I went through with Caleb when he was a baby. You know, you drop him off at daycare, went to school, came home, spent a little time with him, got him ready for bed, and then it was a repeat the very next day. You know when you're with them all the time you actually you get to really know your kids 
Yeah. You really get to know your kids. You get to know their joys, their sadnesses. You get to know their strengths and weaknesses. I know, like, as a teacher, we were always encouraged to share with our parents, oh, what are we doing in school? And we would write newsletters or, you know, send things home. But when you're actually teaching the curriculum, you really know what they know. Oh, yeah. So, like, when we're going grocery shopping, I'd be like, hey, Caleb, I want you to read that because I know he can or Kenzie, I want you to tell me how much money this is because I know she's struggling with that. I mean, yeah. you know, like those are the things like you really get to know your kids. You really need to get to know the personalities. And, and sometimes that's a struggle as a parent. I'm like, okay, like, you know, I need to work on this. I need to build this character in them to be more patient when they get something wrong. Yeah. You know, one thing is, you know, when they're playing with each other and you're trying to teach them playing to, you know, patience when they're playing with each other, then like, wait a minute, you know, you're struggling just like Joshua, he's struggling just to write letters now because he's in kindergarten. So we're working on letters and he'll get upset because he can't write a letter a certain way. And he would, you know, throw his pencil on the floor and go hide under the table. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. You know, this is not okay. And, you know, just trying to build that character, that resilience in them and, and teaching them different coping skills yes and and I str- and I struggle with that I struggle with that I think there's a lot of people who never learned any coping skills that are now adults that we identify as parents right because they never learned how to cope so they just go crazy and <clears throat> act out right so one of, I think one of the best things that you can do is teach your kids those coping skills and how to handle things when they're not going their way and you know, and you get the opportunity to do that as a homeschool mother, teacher. Yeah. Angie, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Mary, so much. And I, I hope that, you know, anything that I could share today might help someone else out there who's in the same boat and, or thinking about it. Right. Because there's a lot of parents out there that, um, you know, that their kids are still really small, but they're already thinking about it. And I want to encourage anyone else to, um, there's an amazing store in Houston called the Homeschool Store that is run by veteran homeschooling parents. Right. And there's so much curriculum there. You can go there and just pick their brains and they're amazing. Um, there's also lots of homeschooling groups on Facebook. You can okay. just type in, you know, homeschool groups or Christian homeschool groups. You know, if you want a more, you know, religious space, you know, you want groups that are seeking after the Lord, type those in and join them. And those moms on there are amazing. You'll meet moms, you'll meet grandmas that have homeschooled their kids and they're all graduated and have careers and families of their own. And you can pick their brains and get ideas from them. And it's, it's really encouraging. Okay. So folks, if you have some questions that you really want to reach out to Angie for, you can find her on Facebook and her name on Facebook is Angie Muniz. No, I'm going to spell it for you. A-N-G-I-E. Angie Muniz, M-U-N-I-Z, no, N-G-O. And I'm going to put it in the show notes so that you can, if you, just in case you can't find it, look on the show notes and that'll, I'll put her full name there and how you can reach out to her. And you can reach out to her through Facebook or Messenger and she'll be happy to answer any of your questions or hear what you have to say. So thanks, Angie. Thank you again, Mary, so much. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, thank you.